We're invincible. We're on the blockchain now. They can never kill us unless they take the blockchain down. Up this bars. Wait for go. it. Wait for it. Upgrade America. I'm Cameron Ra. On this show, I rant about Bitcoin. CJ elegantly facilitates discussions about current events. We got a lot going on, but yeah, bro. Peace and blessings. How's your your ride back? Oh uh, man, went to visit the family, uh, Fort Lauderdale, South Florida area. Face, face. Uh, it was good. Got that family FaceTime in. You know, did my little uh, quick TDY turn and burn. Cool. Um, cool. Um, you look a little different. So yeah, <laughs> good to see you so, back uh, in uh, 05. <laughs> I had to do a, a great reset with the facial hair. You know, my, my, my daughter's at the age where she got that grip and yeah. she wants to climb up my beard, you know. And on top of that, I, I do, uh, I miss the butt naked. I miss the little, uh, the little butt chin. That's what's yeah. up. You know, I got to trim up probably this week. I'll trim mine up, get it trimmed up. Or does. <laughs> I have, I have it back by Christmas. Yeah, man. Nah, I mean, rock that, man, for a minute. You under the radar, man. You on your Clark Kent, you know? You know, it is a, an election year. Is, uh, it's coming. <laughs> um, Man, it's, it's good to be here. Um, Glad you're safe and sound. Glad you and the fam's good. I'm glad to be back home. Hey, likewise. Um, Man, what are we getting into? We got some Bitcoin talk. We got some movie reviews, trailer reactions. We got, man, EMP threats in the future. You know, we got is, do we get penalized for going green as US citizens trying to do our part for, you know, climate change, living off the grid? Is that allowed? I mean, so we about to get into it. Let's go. It's uh, yeah. yo. We're just going to start it off with the Bitcoin rant. Let's go. Uh, of the week. And yo, peace to all our upgraders, all our Bitcoiners. You know, God bless you made it. You made it this week. And, you know, something that's hot in right now is that Tesla sold 75% of their Bitcoin. And Tesla is a huge, uh, a huge company. Obviously, this is going to have some sort of move on the market. And... Right now, the Bitcoin community is kind of aiming shots at Elon. Elon had a tough year. Former President Donald Trump took shots at him because I guess Elon said, like, yeah, he may vote Republican for the first time this year. Mm -hmm. And then um, I guess Trump may have thought that Elon said that he voted for him before. So there's some conflict for that. But in the Bitcoin community, Michael Saylor, one of the first CEOs to put Bitcoin on their book, said, if you sell 75% of your Bitcoin, you will only have 25% of your Bitcoin left. Meaning, like, forget about the numbers, which they sold it for $936 million is what Tesla's Bitcoin was worth, what they sold. And... What Michael Saylor is saying is that the money price doesn't matter. It's the amount of Bitcoin that you hold. And I would push back. It's not Elon Musk's personal Bitcoin. Like, I'm sure Elon Musk did not, did not 
liquidate seventy five percent of his Bitcoin mm-hmm. as a as a as a chief executive officer, as the CEO. Like his job is to earn money for the shareholders. So MicroStrategies, Tesla, a few other companies, they are buying Bitcoin and putting it on their books. And for all uh, any accountants out there in, in the in IG Live, not yet, but uh, I think it's a couple out there in the streets. But it was like when you're you're putting it on your books, it's like if a company buys Bitcoin. Oh man, it's like a freaking murder hornet up in here. They have to be looking. <laughs> yeah. We we shall dress, but um. Anyways, if a company buys Bitcoin, it's like you essentially you own that Bitcoin because you own a piece of the company as a shareholder. In one moment, close this window. All right. Hornet, some coming in. Yeah, you don't need that drama. Yeah, because I will bust back. <laughs> no. <laughs> So, anyways, yeah, I got distracted because of the killer bees and whatnot. But, like, if Tesla buys a bunch of Bitcoin, boom. During a Bitcoin bull run, meaning Bitcoin is performing well, Bitcoin is, let's say, between 2022, I'm sorry, 2020, 20, man, I'm all over, 2020 to 2022, Bitcoin, it went from like 20 grand to over 65K. For the companies that had that were holding Bitcoin, holding that stock was almost like was almost like owner holding Bitcoin. Because the asset was performing well. You own a company that owns that asset, so it's almost like owning it. Now that Bitcoin is reflecting the, the market, because all the markets are wrecked right now. We're we're on the verge of recession. It's like holding a stock that holds for a company that holds Bitcoin is it's it's impacting the stock negatively. So as a CEO to sell the Bitcoin, that seems like a sound decision. At the same time, the Bitcoin community seems to take it personally because a lot of it was dumped on the market. Historically, Elon Musk is known for moving the Bitcoin crypto and crypto markets with his tweets and also his his moves. But what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I've seen um, Elon Musk seems to do this. It seems to be a pattern of behavior for him. And I'm not as well versed as you are in as far as like, uh, I would say crypto literacy. But I watch, I do pay attention to his patterns and he seems to have a habit of doing this or that's just his MO of dumping stuff and trying to figure out his next move or maybe that's a part of his next move. Um, So for me, it's kind of par for the course for him. Um, and then considering he had the uh was it spacex failure so i'm sure all this is kind of tied into oh shit you know what besides losing a lot of money bitcoin did that failure so he's like you said had a rough year so i'm looking at it as like he's trying to 
strategically maneuver to whatever he's going to next or to save face or save his ass this year. And that's, uh, yeah, it seems like a, like a possibility. But I wanted to ask, since we're kind of on the subject of, you know, crypto, what is her name? Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with her, uh, the recent inquiry about the movement of uh, purchases of stock, her husband's stock purchases based on her knowledge? No, actually, no, I haven't heard of it. I feel like my dad kind of brought something up about her, but please like, give me an idea. Um, it's a really great sound by the reporter more or less just asked her straight up, like, yo, like, <laughs> you you giving your husband stock tips. Oh, how I am paraphrasing it. Gotcha. And then she's more or less like, no. But then it's, you historically look back on the EVs, legislation with EVs and other stock moves. I don't know. I don't follow her portfolio, but when I was on Twitter, there was like this, I believe it was called Nancy Pelosi Portfolio. Mm -hmm. And they tracked her portfolio again. It was a lot of solid intel was coming from there. But this is something that's in politics. So I guess one quick question before we transition is if we paid our politicians more, would they still do this insider trading effort? Yeah, because from what I've seen, it's not so much about the money. It's about the access and the power and the influence versus the money that's more valuable the networking the access and the influence is more than the money could ever be hmm. being in that being in that like cat bird seat as you can see and you think about it each senator has i'm sure a friend in every sector of society medical um defense hmm. environmental you know, uh, justice, you know what I'm saying? Like technology, so commodities, you know, you got you got your fingertips at area. All you gotta do, make one phone call. Oh, I know so-and-so, boom. And you're at the highest level. So you're privy to, I'm sure, information that the public doesn't get already, just based on your position. Cause what is their security clearance as a Senator? I'm sure it's pretty high. Yeah, probably over top secret, I'm, I'm certain. Yeah, I would say top secret Yankee White. It's It makes me wonder about our political system. Because it's like, if... Granted, while you and I have held security plans before, any citizen who was born in the United States, you know, who's older than 35, they can run for, for president of the United States. Mm-hmm. I don't recall in anything about like, yo, background check must be cleared or anything along these lines. <laughs> so I'm just curious, like, it, it's just a hypothetical scenario, but how would it play out with a person with a colorful background? Mm-hmm. I don't know, let's say... That's a good question. And they win the election, and now they have access to, like, a legit thug. Like, a legit gangster, like, (laughs) wins the election, and then now they have access to the military, now they have access to, like, 
is there a security clearance or there and, um, hypothetical scenario. And, and this other thing, how do you tell the people protecting them that you're protecting somebody that doesn't have a security clip? They got this background, but they had to go through all this to get this <laughs> position, and they have to risk their life for a person who has done crime and all this kind of stuff. And they can also, how do you say, uh, authorize nuclear launches and whatnot. And I'm not too, I'm not quite familiar with. Uh, our procedure for if a president can directly do that. I think, was it like uh, multiple authentications? I think. But how's that? Okay, president can't declare war. He can send about like, what is it, about 60,000 troops for like X amount of time. Yeah. Somewhere, like certain places in the world. But where is it as far as tactical nuclear strikes? And also ICBM strikes. Yeah, that's a good question. I can really, honestly, we would have to research that one. And I can really only go off of those disaster movies. It always seems like, obviously, it goes through chain of command. It goes to chiefs of staff, like military-wise. Um, from what I notice, it's always they're involved. They ask the president, and then the president gives the go. So it seems like the generals kind of do that button pushing. They just get the so opportunity. Like, who says, like, hey, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should push the button. Because I get what you're saying. It's like the president says, yes, I authenticate. Like, go. But who hmm. says, like, this is an option? Is it, do you think it's the, the generals that are recommending this? Yeah, well, would it be chief of staff is like, Besides the vice president would be right in that. It's like president, vice president, chief of staff, or secretary of defense, that group. And you'll, you'll have to forgive me. I, I got my uh, my workings of, of the White House from, what was that? That show you put me on? Oh, uh, Designated Survivor? Yeah, so I was like, and I'm thinking about that guy's role who played his chief of staff, and I'm not really seeing him having that expertise to like yeah nah. it's a military it's a military commander who's, yeah. who's, a, who's looking at the situation and maybe recommending it yeah to, to the president so it would have been more like secretary of defense the sector yeah yeah that, that kind of makes more sense because they're over they would be over the military but even they're still so high level yeah where they're like Maybe I could. Maybe the request or recommendation coming from like, what is it? Uh, we had USAFE, European Command, like the, oh, yeah, the theater, yeah. the theater commander, I guess. Mm. I don't know, and we're only speculating. Yeah. On this. Oh yeah! But, shout out to the intelligence community, the United States government. We know you're listening. Shout out to the foreign governments too that listen. Who? Who? Appreciate y'all. Um. Good questions. Yeah, but should we, if if we're in charge, right, running mm -hmm. the country, should we institute that security checks on every level for uh, public, like uh, for senators, Congress, like all that? That should be a standard. And I'm just curious if there's because these politicians 
he getting popped for stuff. Like the dude here got popped for like human trafficking, prostitution, something like that. Locally here in Florida. So what's his name? Matt Getz, Matt Getz, something like that. And so Andrew Gillum had some questionable things going on during his governatory race the other year. Um, So yeah. And it seemed to it it seemed to have affected him, um, but he he almost he was like fifty thousand votes off from winning or having a runoff. So I don't know. Um, good question though. Yeah, we should definitely be doing security background checks on people holding political office. But it's like they literally are writing the laws. But I, I, again, perhaps there is something in place. Maybe, yeah. That's a good question. I would assume the FBI does a check on everybody. There's no way, especially if you're in the White House. The real question is, what is the procedure if they fail? That's what I'm speculating on. Do they overturn it and be like, yo, you're just too wild. (laughs) We know you got a popular vote, but you're just too wild Mm. in the election. But we're just just speculating on that. What, What else you got on the radar, bro? Man, um, I sent you the Wakanda Forever trailer. This is one of the iterations of the trailer that's coming. I think it could drop November 22nd of this year. The yeah. movie. What did you think about it? Like when I saw it, um, I'll give my thoughts real quick. It was just very emotional. It had this heavy sorrow yet rebuilding, trying mm. to figure out what's next, but that void is there. Like, it's very apparent that that void is there. Ironically, I'm wearing this shirt and I sent you that trailer. So, I, I mean, what are the odds of that? Um, uh, can you stand up real quick so we can... Uh, yeah. gonna... Got that. Got that. I bought this when the Panther came out around that time. So, rocking that. Oh, um, Salute to Chadwick. He's a what? South Carolinian great we i'm finding out too as i've been getting over the sidebar real quick there's a lot of greats from south carolina that my uh ancestral home um i'm finding out there's a lot of people from south carolina that are great like just in acting whatever so that's been fascinating um anyway yeah i'm excited about the movie i am Expecting to be emotional because I remember the emotions I had for the first one. Um, so it's going to be kind of in the opposite direction, like sad and like, but excited too, because I really want to see if they do it. The story is a lot of complications filming. Um, because, I heard about that too. Yeah, the chick, um, I think she was kind of like anti-jab and then she got also injured while filming from what I hear. So that was kind of an issue. And then obviously the blip happened, ironically, while doing a Marvel movie. Um, so yeah, I'm really curious to see, and I'm curious to see the uh, the villain. Like, I love good villains. So. <laughs> yeah, you can't have a, a good story without a good villain. I'm curious who they, uh, who they premiere as well. My take from it, I got the whole emotional vibe to the Killing Me Softly remix. And then it was, uh, 
Yeah. There's, I really wanted to pick it apart for the symbology. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, I see a very uh, feminine power, very strong. Mm, yeah. there, which is cool. I, oops. Where else? There was slow rising action. I noticed the whole conflict. Maybe I saw some lab scenes. And yeah. then, which again, me personally, I watch movies from an Intel perspective. So we, we discussed this before and I'm just curious, like what type of agenda they are, uh, are subliminally pushing through this film. But it does look fascinating. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm curious to see. Yeah, I, I'm like it's been so anticipated. Like, yeah, that's gonna be an interesting one. I still gotta go see. Um, something just came out this weekend. I can't remember what it is now. Ah, it's a movie just came out. Oh, nope, the sci-fi thriller. Jordan. What is it? Nope, it's called Nope. Okay. And it's like some kind of alien slash something like invasion movie. So I'm kind of curious what the twist is on that. So I might check that out today if I is have Is it time. streaming or is it must you? Uh, it's in the movies right now. I'm sure it'll be streaming like a month or so, probably. Um, I've been enjoying that convenience, by the way. That is kind of nice to, I always wanted it to be that way, where it comes out in the movies and then like a month later it's out on DVD or streaming. I think it should be subliminal, not subliminal, <laughs> parallel. Mm, I, re- I think it eventually we'll get there. Well, they've done premieres like that. The Matrix was That's a great uh, example. The only uh, perspective, I would say, not pushback, suggestion is prepare and prepare for more bandwidth. Like, this was a, a premiere of one of the most anticipated films, I dare say, ever, in some circles. Yeah. But, and there's a lot of buffering issues. But for the concept, is it, really brilliant. It's like, have people who prefer that movie theater experience go out there. Do yeah. That. Get your money from that. But at the same time, you if you have it in parallel, if there's ever a blip... You know what I mean? It ain't no, oh no, now we gotta prepare, we gotta shift it. No, 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 we already got this set up. Like, the show don't stop. We already have the infrastructure. That's, True. Uh, I don't know, that's just me. Um, the other movie I just watched was Gray Man. Actually, I've noticed another thing on Twitter. <laughs> when I like, like, a trailer or something, their, mm-hmm. their social media team is, like, on it. Like, for Jurassic Domination or whatever, they were tweeting me before it came out like they would incrementally tweet me like hey don't forget to go watch it or some little comment i know you're excited or whatever so i gotta give credit to their social media because low so key what is it like oh. is it the bots are hitting you or maybe it's the bots maybe no, it's the bots. maybe like, it's the person like they're sending you messages or comments or what do you mean yeah, on my timeline, they'd be like, like for Gray Man, for example, on Netflix. Okay. I, I think I saw the trailer. I reacted to it like, ooh, that looks good. And then after that, they hit me up. They'd be like, okay, premiering soon. Uh, all right, now it's out. Uh, I got you, I got you. So it's it's like 
it's kind of like advertising, obviously, like junk food or whatever else. But it's a little different because it feels like more personal hmm. in a weird way. Like um, in all those sci-fi movies like Minority Report, when they would walk through and you see all the personalized ads popping up based on your preferences, just like when you go online, same concept. It's, and I get that sounds good. For me, it's still lightweight gross. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> they, they think they, the algorithm thinks it knows me based on my interaction with uh, this limited user interface. But, so, yeah. Let's yeah. jump into the, so the movie review for Gray Man ties into the other topic which I'm putting them together since they're related so I was thinking not to spoil it but we've talked about this before you remember Blackwater what's the other uh, basically mercenary groups or independent contractors as they like to say um, what do they got Triple Canopy something like Blackwater. that Blackwater uh, they changed Blackwater changed their name several yeah times. like two or three times obviously to evade their uh, tarnished reputation um, but anyway, watching Gray Man highlighted the do's and don'ts or how it can go when you color totally outside of the lines, when you have that plausible deniability when dealing more of an independent private sector entity versus government where you have to account for everything reports you got to report to somebody that has to be documented so watching that dynamic play out was very interesting before you go in i because i'm only assuming i this is gray man is about mercenaries that's tied into it i mean it's more like it's a mixture between born i like born identity mission impossible like it's a mix of that it's that genre like spy espionage thriller kind of and this is a movie yeah it's on netflix i may check it i may check that out yeah it's really good um matter of fact the russo brothers did it and those are the directors of a lot of the marvel movies ah. like captain america winter soldier they did i think not all the avengers movies but a couple of them maybe and I forgot they did 21 Bridges by with Chadwick Boseman. Um, they did like something else action oriented that wasn't Marvel. I can't remember what, but their directing style, their action style is like per perfection to me. How they film, like you got just enough story. The story moves. It's straightforward. It's kind of no nonsense. And the action is right along with it, and the pacing is wonderful. And then the cinematography, how they shoot and everything, like very gonzo in your face kind of, but also cinematic too. I like that. So, I mean, I look at all those details. I'm kind of a nerd like that. No, no, that really, that's what really makes a film is like the, the director's perspective from it. I want to, um, I think I kind of want to check it out. I do like the espionage uh, aspect of it, but I suppose this can transition into um, our, our discussion on, on the Mercs, if, if you would like. Yeah, go ahead. Um, your, your question, or your question before was, 
you know, the, the U.S.'s use of, of mercenaries, is it, is it good or bad? That's For U.S. interests, yeah. And, you know, as defenders, you know, who you know, you, you learn to see life objectively and nothing is good or bad. Can mercenaries be used to advance American interests? Yes, of course. But they have. They do. But at the same time, can it these organizations be used against us? Yes, that's a possibility. And is something we have to acknowledge. Furthermore, just like the military has the laws of armed conflict, LOAC, we also have rules of engagements. We also have more, uh, more known the Geneva Conventions. These are, uh, let's just say, these are laws and, and statutes that govern how professional government-sponsored violence should be managed pieces and how uh, actors participating in in this type of violence should be prosecuted if they do not uh, they don't adhere to these anyways what, I, what I'm suggesting is that mercenaries or aka private military contractors PMCs there should be a a parallel agreement something where all military I'm sorry where all mercenaries across the world should should agree to fighting professionally and yeah perhaps that will mitigate some of the damages that are that would come without such an agreement what do you think yeah and but I guess the only part is that would be the whole point of hiring them is to go around what you just named, those entities and laws that we have internationally that have been written in stone for like, you know, 60, 70 years or whatever it is. Mm, there's many reasons to use mercenaries. It's not just to, hey, like I can put it all on, on, on them. You know, it's, they're still, needs to be accountability like we the United States government uses PMCs for, for, for military quota reasons for, for personnel quota reasons like for instance we're having a battle in, in Iraq war in Iraq you can't send just for military strategy you can't send a hundred percent of your forces yeah. To this one combat theater mm-hmm. limited to I want to say it's 250 two, maybe it's 200,000 mm-hmm. maybe and then when you have a surge meaning you're increasing troop strength then you can increase the number of and quote unquote military I'm talking about people with stripes bars and, and, and military rank mm-hmm. and in order to supplement that you can bring in private military contractors there you have no quota mm-hmm. if you can muster a million men to to stand with you in, in any uh, conflict around the world then you can use that fighting power that's one of the reasons they leverage it 
do they have can they absorb some of that negative stigma from collateral damage that is is sure to to come from military engagements yes they can but at the same time if government pays bad mercenaries and bad mercenaries do it kind of, it poop rolls downhill but it's still there's still some backlash there's still some connection yeah so, i think if again you, you have some sort of agreement that people know there is some prosecution for civilian war fighters like maybe war would be more friendly yeah. Um, speak like this because I gotta be around my 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 daughter. I'm gonna yeah. Four letter words. <laughs> nah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It should be a standard for sure. Um. But yeah, definitely check out Gray Man for for those people that like action. It's like two hours long, but it goes quick. It's like it's really good. Um. Who stars in it? You have Captain America, Chris Evans, and okay. Ryan Gosling, and Billy Bob Thornton, and so you uh, got some familiar faces in there. Yes, do. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was it. That was it's pretty good. Um, the other thing we wanted to talk about was um, climate change. We've been noticing the reports of people in Europe dying because of the heat and their infrastructure for cooling is not as robust as say in the United States or certain parts of the U.S. because certain parts of the U.S. don't really use air conditioning either. Um, so the question was what's up with climate change? How can we mitigate it and better live with the threat? Wow. <laughs> I have um had some really great discussions with a colleague at work and you know for corporate concerns of uh, corporate reprisal he won't come on the show but one of the um, one of the discussions we have about climate change is who is the cause for one and like if it is if it's caused by humans how much of it is because historically we have to look back we got ice ages we have thaws before we had cars and combustion energy engines and stuff like that and smog the, the earth was rapidly changing and so the real question is like after we have all these machines how much it how much are, are we contributing and both sides, no one has the data on that. And <laughs> I guess I want to throw one more thing into this. It's we, we, we talk about there's signs that are against gas and, and for, for greenhouses and, and whatnot, and the whole push to go green. But you must take into consideration the digging for lithium, digging into the earth because that stuff's not on the surface. You have to dig into the earth. Mm -hmm. All that stuff is not green. That production is not green either. It takes a toll. So what can we do to, 
the best thing that we can do mm-hmm. is pull pull money together and then do a an objective survey, so an objective analysis. Mm-hmm. Because right now we have two sides that are saying no, it's not because of what humans are doing, and then another side is saying not. We need to put money together to get some data so that we have consensus and we can make decisions. But right now, what would you what would you do? The world's on fire, like. Um. Well, I mean, so our Europe, European upgraders, I need AC. Like, y'all should have central air and heating for where you live. I think it would be very helpful. Um, I think it should be cheaper than it would have been in the past at this point. And I'm sure there are alternatives to where it would be effective to cool you off. Like, we've lived in Europe. Like, unless you're like somewhere, I guess, real luxury-wise, you don't have AC. Mm. And it can get hot there. Or really cold, so that's one thing. The other thing is, so well, hold on, Could, uh, you're saying like, should emergency war manufacturing, like the United States does that, like, and I believe something that was similar for was done for the jab. Hmm. Yeah, I think. Could yeah, that be done for ACs. I'm sure. Didn't uh didn't Britain do it in what World War Two when they were for air conditioners though? Not nah, not for air conditioners, but the war effort. Like they turned their factories to pump out whatever they need to pump out for national defense in an emergency. So yeah, I would consider this an emergency situation. The people are dying, like all over Europe. Um, it should be a no-brainer, but I I do understand that. Most European nations are more green conscious, more green friendly. But let's look up. You got what kind of air you have? You got central air and heat. Uh, I got like a stand-up unit outside. So who makes your Who makes your unit? I think it's Goodman. And they're American. I think so. Because it's like when I'm thinking, and I think about a lot of LG and other appliances like and then relations with china as well like how they're that straining maybe they're yeah maybe europe's gonna have to partner with america if they cannot produce uh acs yeah i'm looking on while you're saying i'm looking real quick on google just to see Mm -hmm. how this would play out abroad what would that like what types do they have where i think it would be efficient because i would say most of europe is what urban you said it's what most of europe is probably urban right more like city living i know it's rural stuff but i mean what would you say what most of western europe could fit where on the east coast yeah probably yeah probably the southeast western europe can fit in that region when you think that's not a lot of it's not a lot of land yeah but yeah you when you make a point yeah there is a lot of uh and 
then you consider the population is not very dense. So yeah, maybe let's go with that. More cities. Okay. Let me see. I'm just looking real quick. Go ahead, keep talking. I'm just looking to see if they do this abroad. Do what abroad? What do you mean? Like air conditions are. What do they look like abroad? Like as far as um, their use in brands that they're using in in Europe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm just, yeah. I'm just curious on. I this. just remember seeing a lot of appliances from uh, from LG and Samsung. And- yeah, I remember Mitsubishi. Um, I guess it's Dokken. Dokken. This looks like the parent company of Goodman. Um, product services, air condition. Um, I'm just looking real quick. Appreciate you upgrades for being patient. We just yeah, trying to see. Yeah, I'm curious if that is American made. I think their parent company is global. So, okay. So I'm looking. All right. So. Yeah, so they have air conditioning for, yeah, for abroad. They got what is called split, which is more like one room air conditioning. So like say my living room, dining room, kitchen area, it would be put like in here and it would, I guess, cool this whole area compared to what I have outside, which cools the whole unit. Oh yeah, the technology exists. It's a matter of how you get it to to people. Yeah, I'm looking at European. Yeah, so it exists. Like South Asia, I'm looking at it. So why is it not the standard? I know it's because of price. But here's something you must consider as well. It's like cool. Even when we get everyone air conditioners, that's gonna put a strain on their grid, on the power grid. And they're already straining. They have a conservative mindset because, and they 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 pride themselves on on, on how green they are. But again, as we mentioned, there's a small amount of land of power, and um, it, it, it's it's very very conservative. But I don't know. I was just curious. But now, when I looked up the global partner, I guess the parent company, I'm like, oh yeah, they have it. So, um, I like what you suggested that both sides need to come together. How do humans contribute? Like objectively, what's natural and what's human? And like present that because I am tired of both agendas being pushed. Like if you are, if you're a person that kind of looks at all sides, you could see that what you describe naturally the earth changes climates it's extreme and cyclical right um sure we contribute pollution to the environment we saw during the blip how when everything stopped the earth was like kind of healing itself you saw mad reports like animals, animals going yeah like so we know we are a part of the problem it obviously was proven during the blip, but I don't know. 
because they make it sound so like extreme and scary and all this like every time i hear climate change it's always extreme like oh we're gonna be burnt out tomorrow like it's always something like that instead of well this is what we need to do to mitigate this like but you and i want to talk about but there the ice age was extreme the ice age was extreme cold so it's like yeah perhaps there could be extreme heat and this could be a natural phenomenon however as you mentioned like human activity may exacerbate that and if there's anything that we can do to mitigate the world burning then um i I think it's worth exploring but first things first is, is collecting the data and then from there it's being of like really reasonable like listen if we continue look at the data if you continue at this slope the world will be on fire here like england is like the uk united kingdom it's like it's known for being dreary because cloudy and whatnot there are places there that are burnt from uh, from the heat and I don't know. Well, you you always got Skyward, you know. Oh, you know project, you know your dream, your vision. Um, Ben, we've talked about this on probably both both years, both uh, years of Upgrade America. You need to incentivize, at least in America, you need to incentivize recycling. You need to. We do it on a small scale, but we don't do it on a big enough scale. And we need to actually, we can go green really easily, but you have to incentivize and you have to be more intentional about it. I I agree. And I think if we give Bitcoin for bottles, this will be a great incentive for for cleaning up uh, America, upgrade America, but also the world. Because yeah, because uh, you know we see about globalization how the world is is getting smaller, but also from that, yeah, from an ecological perspective, like everything is connected. And um, <laughs> do you do you raise a really great point about how you, just the skyline in Los Angeles changed during the blip? A couple weeks shut down. And and then the sky was just like, Ooh. yeah, all, all blown and stuff. So what is what does that tell you? Um, um, I like. I just want to add one more thing to this. Yeah, go ahead. If it is from from you know from gas, that's cool. We make a transition to EVs. We must take into consideration that there is a cost for digging into the earth and uh, you know extracting all of these nickel, cobalt lithium all these things uh where we're that that there's does a contribution as well so we had to do a a real thorough SWOT analysis that's weighing the strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats and then decide which which uh which approach it is, is best but yeah um and you know upgraders you know this is kind of like the nerdy side or whatever a little more the 
just throwing that out there. You know, it's not like ah in your face. Yeah, you know, we we tend to do that on occasion. But to stay on this a little bit longer, and then we'll go to the last thing, I guess. Um, are there penalties for going green as Americans and living off the grid? Um. Hey, as far as penalties for going green, it's like you hear there is an elitist concept on going green. Like gas is like ten dollars a gallon, and then elitists are saying get a Tesla. But there's like a, a two-year wait on a Tesla. You can't even get a Tesla tomorrow if you wanted to. But like additionally to that, the average person. It's like unless they own their home, you're not getting solar panels. Like, yeah, you you don't qualify for those those tax breaks to to get or those grants to to get that. So for someone who's renting, you know, you gotta buy them piece by piece. But what did you mean by penalties for? Um... Well, I've I've seen over the years that people who live off the grid get penalized, like maybe in imminent domain all of a sudden or mm. taxed or like i've seen this over the years like you are not allowed to really you are very how should i put it you are very um persuaded not to live off the grid people still do it but they have to find the laws to do it by why by who and why well, it depends on the state, depends on your county. Um, yeah, that's what it, it just depends on where you're located. Because this could conflict, this may conflict with my uh, operations. But uh, because essentially Skyward is off the grid. Skyward generates its own power. Right. Like I've seen, man, um, stuff where people have like a windmill and they had their own power source in, on their property. And then the utility companies and the local government got involved like, nah, you we gotta regulate this and like all this kind of stuff. I've seen it where people fight them and win. And then there's like people fight and lose and they gotta some kind of compromise or they gotta acquiesce to something. Um, based on that, based on that clip you sent me with the solar panels here in Florida, like, all right, you get solar panels, but then you're selling back the energy that you're creating from your solar panels. You get the tax write-offs, all that, but now the utility company wants to charge a minimum charge of, I think it was like $30. Well, now they're trying to do it on every bill instead of just the homeowners that own the solar panels that can actually do that. But then the homeowners also said, well, listen, you're penalizing us for trying to do the right thing, going green, being environmentally conscious, and you're going to charge me for something that's supposed to be to my advantage. That's the reason why I invested in solar panels. Now, I don't recall when that video was released, and I was like, that was kind of shocking to, to me as well. And I really think there should be some sort of exemption for, particularly for the people who are providing to the grid. And especially when you consider now, I don't know how if such a, a, a fee is in place in Texas, mm -hmm. but for people who are holding it down, well, I do believe Texas was struggling with their grid. 
Oh, absolutely. So it's like the people who are holding it down, you really got to consider like they're making their contributions and every bit that counts. You, you may want to consider to, uh, I don't know, take your, take your foot off your throat. Well, it just makes you question like, well, damn, I can't go green. Like, what's the incentive? Like, once again, you part of people going green and upcycling, recycling is to incentivize. See, like, it's, um, it's, and I wouldn't consider that a penalty that faith for it. If they were, do you have an example where they're exclusively off the grid? Like, um, well, I mean, I think we shared it a few episodes back. It was like a community completely off the grid. Was it New Mexico or Arizona? But they found a workaround. It was like some kind of law or something. They had to designate like it was a some kind of area or something to be off the grid. Um, I think, was but did it... they have any type of on-grid connection? No, they're off the grid. Interesting. Um, many of these off the grid. It was like I know I've seen like something on YouTube with that. Oh, they actually got, they actually got a website. I don't know how legit it is, but off the grid communities. Okay. Um. And I'm curious how you they just buy the land and then you. We offer one acre lots on wilderness land, and a condo like co ownership structure allows us to form communities in remote locations where we can build wider varieties of dwellings such as but not limited to tiny homes cabins of any size shipping container homes earth ships and earth other ship such earth. structures with low environmental impact on the land so i'm on Can this yeah the lermo pinching something like that so you got the two co-founders yeah i'll send you the link for this they got a youtube channel it looks like um I'll send it right now. You where you want me to send it? Uh WhatsApp is cool. Alright. Whatever's clever. But yeah, there you go. So you got your answer. <laughs> Thank you. Um yeah, I think it's just I was telling all you upgraders here in America, look at your local zoning laws, look at all those things when you're trying to go that route. So you know how to work within the law, basically. Like you'll know what you can do and what you can't do. Um, another quick note on the solar panel thing. I know we had to vote for that um, in Florida, and it was kind of confusing. I remember voting for it, like, but it's really weird how they worded it, which is another reason why we said politics should be in layman's terms. I felt like it was kind of legalese. I feel like and it was really tricky how they worded it. What's up, Pajabi31? What up, on IG Live? Um, so yeah, I guess the last thing is, um, is this nation and your household prepared for an EMP attack? <laughs> um, no to both. <laughs> it's like, um, essentially, no, the our power grid is very vulnerable, and two, you know, you should, you need about four, um, what, 
you need a lot of solar panels to to keep it just to get an AC keep an AC going just to keep a fridge going so no I'm not in place for that the average American is not in place for that EMPs are devastating but uh maybe you want to do a bonus episode for that because we're at 56 alright yeah we can um yeah so that's all we got for this episode any words of wisdom or philosophical questions to close this out yeah and sometimes I, I say these things for myself complaining about other people complaining is still complaining so shift <laughs> those thoughts and focus on your goals <laughs> um, I got. Uh, embrace your family how they are and make sure that um you still live your life according to how you want to live is something I've been embracing a lot more. Yes, indeed. Yeah, that's it. Your family is your fire team. Love them. Peace. Peace. Thank you.